Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good year to you and all the listeners, Alan. Good morning. So, so Dave, you're looking well, <laughs> and uh, we know that you've been very busy of late with the order of Malta, but also been on the front line uh, of testing for COVID. And what's the latest? Because I believe there may be a little bit of positive news, some green shoots for County Wexford in relation to, to COVID numbers. Yes, I think if you go onto the HSE app and have a look at the figures that are coming around, they've plateaued a little bit now. There was a little bit of a rise after Christmas, um, and we were seeing that in the centre, but now it seems to be uh, dropping off again back to where it is and in fact the uh, there will be a change in, in the testing regime uh, at the end of this month uh, where it will st- there will still be testing going on but it will be under a different guise. What, does that mean that the centre as we have it here and what the centres that we have in Wexford will they now seize or what? what no, they, they will keep going but with different staffing. The National Ambulance Service will take over from uh, the, the staff that are there. And has it been very busy lately or have people just gone on to antigen testing? How would you describe Yeah, it? I think the antigen testing was a big kicker for us. Um, it, it kind of done away with quite a lot of people's requests for testing but um, yeah, we were still busy with testing but in the last while and again the figures on the app from the HSE uh, the COVID tracker uh, will just testify to it but having said that COVID is still there there are still people in ICU there are still people dying from it so it, it, it's not a time to let your guard down So you remain you, you ask people to remain cautious but there are some green shoots of positivity There is indeed yes all right, Dave. Look, it's a while since you and I spoke, but uh, I came across this very interesting article that there's a change in mindset when it comes to things from nosebleeds to fainting to uh, dealing with burns. And you said, well, hang on a second, the, the, the old traditions still apply. So I said, you're the expert. <laughs> I'm only the inquisitive person wanting to know, have there been changes? Uh, to the best of your knowledge, have the old rules and regulations changed or is this just somebody that I, I, I read in the magazine who's a bit of a quack? No, I wouldn't say they're a bit of a quack, Alan. It's probably something that they've come across and maybe not realised that this is the same as the old regime. Um, and I suppose... In, in, it's just take for example in, in Wexford here the Order of Malta have uh, started up the CFR scheme after at the third time of trying and what happens there is that on four different types of calls so there's cardiac arrest, stroke, uh, choking and uh, there's a fourth one I can't it's gone out of my head but there were four calls that they went out to mm. um, and what would happen is that if a 999 call went into uh, the National Operations Control Centre they um, automatically phoned the Order of Malta, who went out as well as the ambulance. Yeah. Now, sometimes because of um, you know conditions prevailing, the ambulance might be delayed so that the Order of Malta personnel would be there before them waiting for the ambulance to come. They're not going instead of it. Because of, again, conditions prevailing uh, with, with being very busy, the Order of Malta's role in that was upped to where they will be treating uh, injuries as well as the four uh, calls that we, we, they would be going out to. Um, they they have uh, defibrillators with them they have the, the equipment with them to go out and we're finding people in their homes are I suppose I, I was 10 years on the radio with Joe Allen trying to drum into people yeah. how to, to deal with you know, minor and major injuries and some of it has obviously sunk in someplace along the line that yeah. people are doing what they need to do before the ambulance arrives or before the order of Malta actually get there with their carrying forces. And there are definitely, maybe still not enough, but I see on a daily basis on social media, defibrillator popping up somewhere. And Mm. did they still, I remember one of the things you were talking about was the cost of these defibrillators. Are they still as costly as ever? They're still as costly as ever, but, um, and 
your your good self uh, and myself here debated it one day the, about the, the VAT on a defibrillator and from the 1st of January the VAT has gone from the defibrillators which brings it down 23%. Wow. Okay, so that's that's one uh, of the... In ma- cost terms, what does that mean to a Well, a, a defibrillator that costs, you know, a, a, a thousand quid, it's just 200 quid gone off it. So that means that you can buy your pads for free. Right. Okay, so the, 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 that cost has gone. Um, Since the 1st of January this, this year? year. Yes, in yeah. the last budget that was taken well, that, off. That should see a, a big increase in the number of defibrillators. Yes, and there is quite a lot of defibrillators knocking around Wexford. And again, the Order of Malta have been to the fore in that if you have a defibrillator and it's a public access one, in other words, it's out on a wall, the order of, get in contact with Wexford at orderofmalta.ie and we will go along and test it. We will go down and check it for you. Every so often we go down and check it and inform you then that your pads are in date or your pads are out of date or something needs to be done with your yeah. with your defibrillator and those are out on the walls. Some of the local councillors have donated some of their uh, special purchase fund, um, in fact three of them and there is two of them that were put out into the community but two of the defibrillators were put into our cardiac first responder scheme that go with our, our members to the incidents and one of them is on the end of the wall in St John's Road uh, for a- anybody and everybody to use should, they occur, should it occur. And around the county have there, has there been? Yes, indeed. Paddy Redmond uh, from the Red Cross in Enniscorthy is going around uh, the Enniscorthy area and Forderfield and they are getting defibrillators and they have an app that you can actually ring into Paddy and um, it, it, it puts it up on, on an app that you can actually find it very, okay. very quickly. All right. Look, uh, let's let's look at the, the the top tips that people need to have on first day. Then, okay. so when it comes to a nosebleed, Dave. Okay. So nosebleeds usually uh, are, are due from you know kids with rough play. There's something that you have to realise that you know if blood comes from any place, you need to find out why. Hmm. So if somebody has um, you know got a blow to the nose or walked into a door, usually the nose will bleed and that will be fine because there's no extreme. Uh, pressure on it or there's no, there's no trauma involved. But if somebody is driving at 60 miles an hour without a seatbelt and their nose hits the steering wheel, yeah. that's a different kettle of fish. So we need to know why it has happened and we need to, to get the, the history behind it. Nosebleeds in, you know, in sporting events and, and all of those, normally what you would do is you would pinch the soft part of their nose yeah. and lean them forward not backwards. So you lean them forward and the reason you don't lean them backwards is that if blood goes into your stomach it has a tendency to make you sick. Okay. And if something has happened then it may block your airways. So you lean the person forward you tell, you, uh, you pinch it for at least 10 minutes. Okay. And then you release it. If it hasn't stopped you do it for a second time and a third time and after a, after a third time if it doesn't stop it's hospital. Okay. Okay. So lean the person forward one thing that I've seen, and you will see it in, in international places as well uh, on the TV, is where they stuff cotton wool up somebody's nose. That's a big no-no. Do not do that. You are now blocking an airway. Mm. If something happens there, that airway is blocked. I can't breathe through it. So in amateur sport and all of that, where you're not being constantly monitored, it does nothing goes up the person's nose. That's the advice on nosebleeds. Fainting. Fainting, OK. Again, what's the reason for the fainting? There's thousands of reasons for it. Um, is, uh, are you in danger, first of all? Like, is there not enough air in the room to breathe, therefore the person faints? And are you in the same room now? 
Yeah. Okay, so uh, again, a history of why the person has fainted. Some people are prone to fainting; it may be too hot, too cold. Someone gets a fright. Someone sees blood. Yeah. Someone sees this, that, or the other, and they get a fright and they fall down. So what we do is make sure that they're breathing first of all, and then lift up their legs. Okay, now what? Lift, lift, lift up their legs. Just leave them on the ground flat on their back and lift up their legs Hmm. and what that does is it takes the blood from where it's not wanted in the big uh, muscles in the legs drags it down into the heart lungs liver and brain Uh, a momentary lack of oxygen to the brain is what a faint is so we need to get the oxygen back there and we can it's an auto transfusion we can transfuse from where it's not wanted in the big bulky legs down into the trunk of the body where it, it can get the blood leave the person lying down one we see quite regularly is in church somebody's about to faint. So two big bulky lads haul them up under the oxters and try to drag them out. And that will make the person faint because you're now lifting them up. Right. And it's it's hard for blood to get up to the person's brain. So if if it happens in church, lay them down on the seat. Yeah. Okay? Um, lift up their legs. And then when they're able to get up, now we can get them outside. Don't forget, there's as much oxygen in the air in this room as there is outside. So why do you want to take them outside? All right, next one. Seizures. Okay, seizures can uh, can occur with many, many uh, areas. And, you know, uh, I suppose the ones that would come to mind would be epilepsy, uh, infantile convulsions, um, and some brain tumours, and uh, drugs, uh, quite commonly, the person may go into a seizure. The, the big problem with a seizure is personal safety. So once the person is in the seizure or the fit or the convulsion, we then stand back and yeah. th- because their arms and legs will flay with all of their force. So if they happen to kick you or box you, they may render you unconscious. So stay, w- stay well away. All we ask you to do is get behind the person if you can and with outstretched hands place your hands underneath the person's head to stop their head from banging off the ground. Okay? So causing concussion or causing uh, a, a cranial fracture or indeed splitting the skin on the person's uh, uh, head. Once the person comes out of the seizure turn them onto their side. Okay, so this, what that does is it stops the tongue from blocking the airway and if the person should vomit, that it comes out their mouth, it doesn't lie in the back of their throat. So turn them into what's called a recovery position and lots of people have been trained in that. But onto their side and then get in contact with, just dial 999 and say that we have a person here who is unresponsive after having a convulsion and take advice from the person because they may be in epilepsy Lots of people have these and they may wake up and say, no, I'm fine, I'm, I'm going home, I, I, okay. I didn't take my medication today or something happened. Right, cuts and bruises then. Cuts, oh. cuts in particular, uh, hand cuts, finger cuts, yeah. knee okay. cuts, what do you do? So any, anything that ha- isn't, hasn't got a major amount of blood coming from it. Okay, mm-hmm. so if there's a major amount of blood coming from it, we need to stop it. Okay, if there is not a major, so if somebody scrapes coming off their hoverboard or their scooter or whatever it is, and they scrape their knee, is to clean it. But clean it with an aseptic technique. And quite simply, what that means is you get the little pads that you open up and they have alcohol inside them. There's alcohol in every place now that you see. There's 60, 70%. You know, there's one outside the studio here for doing your hands. That onto a piece of tissue and wipe it once. Yeah. Then get rid of that. Because if you wipe it a second time, what you're doing is what you've taken off, you're putting back in again. So you wipe that once, get a new piece of tissue, some new uh, alcohol, and through it. I have to tell you, if you're going to do that, it will sting. 
and I'm sure everybody knows now. And what about this idea of running the, the finger under the water? Yeah, the, the water, yeah. That, what that will do is it'll take away dirt, but it won't clean it. Right. So it doesn't disinfect it, it just cleans it. So what we want now, is disinfect Here's what I can remember from whether they're quack or <laughs> proactive. Yeah. Lukewarm water. You have always suggested cold water. To yeah, me. run yeah. them under cold because where do you get lukewarm water from for a start? Uh, so uh, if it's lukewarm water, fine. It's a little bit easier for the for the person. But what water does is it cleans. What disinfectant does is it disinfects. Right. So that's the difference. Or an antiseptic is it stops. And again, it when do you, when does it become a situation that it that it needs a plaster or a uh, stitch? Oh so, well, if 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 the if the wound is gaping. Okay, so if you if it's a moving part and it gapes, really it needs a stitch. But if you can get it together with a plaster, then you may get away with it. Um, if it becomes very red, swollen, if there's green tinges starting to come against it, it's starting to become infected, yeah. and it needs further medical attention. Right, I have one more. Then I want to go through some of the points you, you want mm. to mention yourself. Eye injury. Okay, so there, there's a couple of eye injuries that that occur. One of them is where you get a, a punch to the eye, and that's. You know, a normal thing, you get a black eye. Uh, just be careful that the person can actually see afterwards. Um, anything that with something in the eye, so something that's lying on the eye rather than stuck into the eye, um, is just water. So we, we have little um, pods that we can use. Um, something like the sports top on a, on a water bottle. So open the eye, and remember there's a top lid and a bottom lid, so we need to, to get water in with no great force, but shove it in, um, uh, water li- at that, and if that doesn't shift it, we can try rolling up a tissue. And this is what uh, all I'm saying to you, is a, is a rolled up tissue, mm. and if you can see it, try and flick it out. If it doesn't come out with a rolled up tissue, you do not put anything else in there. You don't use the end of a scissors or you know tweezers or anything else to try and get that out of there. It's deadly dangerous. You have only two eyes, you have only one chance with each of them. So it is water squirted into the person's eye or rolled into the eye, drinking fountains. If you can open the person's eye and get the drinking fountain come into it, it may flush it through. Um, if there's something stuck in it, place uh, one of the plastic cups over the person's eye and tape it on. Okay, and then ask them to hold the other eye closed as well. And what, why they, you, why you ask them to close the other eyes, it stops you blinking. So if there's a piece of glass in the in the eye, if one eye blinks, so does the other, and it will cut. So if you ask them to close the other eye, then tape the other eye shut or put the thing uh, the the cup over it. It will stop them from blinking, and it will stop any other injuries coming about. It's fascinating advice, Dave. Before we round off our conversation with you this morning, you'd like to. Talk to people about uh, what they should do uh, before the Order of Malta arrive and, and also some of the common injuries that you deal with. I mean, I've listed some of the ones yes, that I, yeah. I saw on the list that yeah. I wanted to talk to you about. What are the common injuries you're dealing okay, with? Okay, so the ones that we are sent to um, basically from the Cardiac Force Responders Scheme is the cardiac arrest. So if somebody is not breathing, um, just pump hard and fast on the chest. So if you look, feel and listen and you cannot see the chest rise and fall, then you pump hard and fast on the chest. Dial 999 straight away, get the emergency services out. What that does is it automatically triggers a phone call to the Order of Malta who will be sending two to three people as well. Uh, the ambulance service will be on the way. Uh, but while you're waiting, valuable minutes are gone. If there's a defibrillator around, get it, get trained in the use of it. 
Um, so p- pump hard and fast and forever for as long as you can mm-hmm. uh, on the chest and uh, that will keep blood flow, uh, flowing to the brain until our personnel get there. They will do exactly the same. They have defibrillators with them and then the ambulance will come um, and then, you know, that's the sequence of events. Uh, so a person that's unresponsive uh, for whatever reason, uh, they need to go on their side. So somebody that is breathing but isn't talking to you, yeah. you they need to go on their side to keep them breathing. Their t- your tongue is a, weighs about a quarter of a pound and it's flaccid and it will fall to the back of your throat and it is the most common way that somebody stops breathing. So opening the airway and turning them on their side will keep that tongue uh, t- from actually blocking the airway. And the two, the other two that I had uh, was going to speak about was bleeding that we have. You need to stop it. So with uh, if somebody has large amounts of blood coming from any place, just press on it using a gloved hand or inside a plastic bag, a marigold glove, garden gloves, I don't care. We're, what we're trying to do is not to get blood splashes on you. So you press directly on top of the wound, provided there's nothing sticking in it, yeah. um, and then uh, get a pad and bandage on it. If the pad and bandage becomes soaked, put on and don't take it off, put on another one. So even if it's tea towels or, or washing towels, just wrap it around the tie and knot on it. If the blood comes through that tie, another one over it. The reason you don't take it off is that blood clots may have formed and you'll just break them away and they'll have to start all over all right. again. Before we wrap up, you want to thank your your, your, your fellow members of the uh, COVID-19 team uh, and the work you've been doing. And yeah, I, Alan, I, we I fin- have no hesitation in allowing you okay, we, we We finish up in our... Uh, the, the staff in the COVID-19 test centre finish up on the 31st of August. The COVID test centre carries 31st on... 31st of January. 31st of January, sorry. And it, um, it, it carries on under a different guise, but not with the staff that are there. Um, and I would like to, to say that when people talk about being on the front line, there is no further forward on the front line than you could go than inviting people who have COVID-19 into your workplace and then getting into the, the space where they are, are, are um, they, they have COVID-19 to test them. You don't get any closer than that. So to, to John Kelly and Margaret Sweeney and uh, Niall Walsh and my deputy Adrian Ford, I just want to say a huge thank you. They've been there to the bitter end. We've had swabbers in before. We've had leads in before. Um, say thanks to those. But the five people that are there at the moment have seen the truth to the bitter end. Um, and I just wanted to say a, a great thank you. Gokorjigas, Osmilabuikas, to those five people that are there uh, right up to the bitter end. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.